Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is Matt Liner, and you're listening to Reign of Troy Radio. Reign of Troy Hotline. Alicia, Michael, what's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. Why can't we just win a game? Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? Can I put on a zebra shirt and just go out there? Get Michael Castillo on the phone. <laughs> Scratch, claw, up against the wall. Can't explain that what I'm feeling right now, guys. Oh, I can't believe USC is 5-7 and seven and not going to a ball. Oh, all right, Trojan fans, turn up the volume. It's time for Reign of Troy Radio. Here's your host, Michael Castillo. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Reign of Troy Radio after USC's 56-24 loss to the Oregon Ducks. This is the CarCast coming to you from the Reign of Troy studio here in Los Angeles. I'm your host, Michael Castillo. Join along with my co-host, Alicia Deratola. Hello, everybody. Hello, Alicia. You're a little peppy. What What happened? Where's the, uh, where's the, the fiery... Dire, grim, gloomy Gus, Alicia. Is anyone fiery, dire, or grim after that game? I mean, you you should be. I mean, you're you're the you're, you're the passionate, uh, you know, fiery, angry puss. Well, I mean, I I generally am fiery and passionate and and angry, but I'm really not angry after that game. I mean. I'm frustrated in the same way that USC always frustrates us. Like, that's normal. But uh, I would rather see USC take a step towards resolution than to continue stringing us along with the same kinds of performances where they get away with all the mistakes that they make and live to fight another day, which is kind of, I'm kind of like in a weird, I'm in a weird place because, like, I, uh, how do I put this? Uh, USC flat out giving up in this game is simultaneously really disappointing. And also like, finally guys, finally, like just, just put us out all out of our misery. Like, just do it. Just do it. Just fit. You know, what, what, what was it? The, uh, from a few weeks back, it was just like the finish him. Like that's, I feel like what Oregon, Oregon, uh, took that and, and just sort of like, you know, heart punched USC in the face with it. Heart punch? Heart punched in the face. What's a heart punch? Heart heart punch in the face. Wait, hard punch or heart, heart punch? Like a like you punch somebody in the heart and then their heart stops beating. But you said in the face. Except in the face. It's late. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. I have I have not had enough sleep today. Uh uh, well, it's just generally, generally the case. But uh, the fact of the matter is that USC, for lack of a better word, and you, you might you might disagree with this phrasing, but like USC finally got what they deserved. Um, like in the in the sense that like USC has been getting away with a lot of these. Not that they've been totally getting away with them, but like they've been having moral victories in games where they made all the same mistakes, and finally somebody made them pay for all the same mistakes. 
Sure. I, I don't know if the score line was deserved. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think that which is, that, that which second is, quarter was absolutely deserved. Yeah. Well, well isn't that int- like the score line isn't deserved because USC wasn't playing that different from what lost them the Washington game or what won them right. the Colorado game. Like it wasn't right. a drastically different performance from USC except for maybe like the fourth quarter fight. Well, but I, but I, the difference was their opponent. It was Oregon put their foot on USC's throat. Right. I think the interesting thing was, so I, you know, last year we talked about how SC was playing the same game over and over and over again. And we saw that in how the games went in terms of score, in terms of SC ha- going up 14 nothing, going up 10 nothing, having those leads and then blowing them. And it was very repetitive in that sense. In this year has not been the same, quite the same, because I think many games have, have followed, followed similar patterns, but not to a T, right? Right. It hasn't been generally the up 14 yeah, nothing. It, it's the inconsistency that, that is throughout, and it's the it's the mistakes that are throughout, but they the, the games themselves have not followed a similar pattern. And yet, so in this game, I'm looking at it, and at one point I thought, Wow, this is going to be like the Utah game. First quarter, I'm like, this is going to be like the Utah game. And then the second quarter, I'm like, wait a minute, hold on. This is going to be like the Notre Dame game because uh, SC has a great first quarter. They don't capitalize on their drives enough. They don't take advantage of the defense coming out very well in this game. And it was it was like. Um I forget who it was that said it, but somebody put it on Twitter during the Notre Dame game uh, that USC was had the better of the first twenty minutes. For, for the first, that Bill Connolly. Yeah, Bill Connolly. That was it. USC had the better of the first, you know, fifteen minutes, whatever it was, and they got you know minimum point points out of it. And Notre Dame had the best, the better of the the next fifteen minutes, and they got twenty something points out of it. Right. Which is what we saw. Which is in, exactly what Oregon in, did in the first half. The first half of this game played out just like the Notre Dame game, with the lone exception. Uh, you know, SC goes down in this game. Well, they go up ten nothing. Uh, only ten. It could have been more than that. Could have been fourteen. Could have been potentially more if if they don't uh, stall out in a one of their first quarter drives and have to punt. But like this ends up being a game in which the second quarter is a disaster. Keaton Slovis has three turnovers in that quarter. Uh, they go down after a pick six, and it's twenty-one to ten. And at that point, you're like, "Wow, how are they down eleven points when you know Oregon barely has any rushing yards? Oregon has sixteen rushing yards." I think USC was outgaining Oregon for pretty much the whole game. Yeah, uh, up until the very end. Yeah, and, and then it ends up in a situation where SC's down ten or eleven going into the half, and we know they don't get the ball to start out the second half, so they can't book in the half, but. They have this great drive, 74 yards. They cap it off with a touchdown pass to Michael Pittman, who wills his way into the end zone. And all of a sudden, it's like, okay, they needed that. They needed something to feel good before the half. Well, they needed something to feel competitive. I remember when that drive started, I was making a comment to somebody about how, like, I don't trust USC to be aggressive here to try and go down and score. After the after the pick six, it was like, man, USC's just going to like run out this clock and it's going to be super annoying because they would have been able to try and go score, but they didn't. And instead, they actually engineer a drive that was quite impressive in terms of the resilience that it showed. 
And it was like, oh, no, you're, yeah, USC's going to make a game of this. And then, well, you know. so So at that moment, I'm like, yeah, this is going to be exactly like the Notre Dame game. Except they get a touchdown here. They did not get a touchdown at the end of the first half of the Notre Dame game. So you're like, okay, they're going to feel good about this. They're going to they're gonna score this touchdown. They're going to go to the half down four. They can come out. And if the defense continues to play well in the second half like they did in the first half, then, you know, you're going to get second half Keaton Slovis. You know how good second half Keaton Slovis is. Maybe things can come together. No. Uh, with 20 seconds left in the game, in, in the first half, John Baxter elects to kick it deep. Mind you, this is one of those things that I think has a little bit of um, hindsight is 2020 thing. A, a little bit. A little bit. Because I a, think. A lot. I, I think if, if there's a pooch kick, and, and, you know, a pooch kick and a squib kick could certainly go awry. If it's a pooch kick and get, Oregon gets it at the 40 yard line, then they set up a field goal. Like, like. People could be no. in the situation like, well, why didn't he kick it deep? Right? The, mon- the Monday morning quarterbacking on the they should have pooch kicked it. Like, when have they ever pooch kicked it? Like, this right. is not the the simple solution to giving up that that touchdown is to not give it up. Let your have your special teams be better than they are. Like, sure, don't give up the but, return. But I I, th- I think the the reasonable middle ground is to squib it, squib it, uh, make it bounce. Uh, if an up man gets it, an up man's not going to make all those moves. Maybe they start at the 30 instead of whatever a pooch punt could have potentially been. Whatever. There was a way around it, a pooch kick. Uh, yeah, but was, if you don't execute a pooch c- kick right, if you don't execute sure. a squib right, right, you screw up and you give up a touchdown sure. or you give a field goal, whatever the it is. The point is that... Like, just execute. Like, don't freaking... You, uh, yeah. you spend half an hour every day. We've been talking about this for years now. More than half an hour of every practice Guys, on special she's teams. She's finally getting fired up here. I'm no, I just special like the the way that special teams screws this team over time and time again. And I know they have their ups and downs, but like I would rather have a consistently mediocre uh, special teams unit than the sometimes good, sometimes bad uh, special teams unit that USC has. Like you cannot, under any circumstances, give up that kick return. You cannot, under any circumstances give up that kick return and they do and they and, do and i was telling you in the drive on the way home sorry, Keely, sorry uh that i don't think i remember a moment at the coliseum there probably has been but not off the top of my head right now that i felt the life get sucked out of a game quite like that moment i tweeted lol period i mean it was fitting but like i mean it was very USC. After the pick six, in which Oregon goes up twenty-one to ten, at that point you're like, "Yep, SC is actually royally screwed in this game." But they come back at least and show the resiliency to to have that that drive, the resilience to have that drive, and then they have the the kickoff return, and that's when you knew SC had no chance in this game. That's when you knew it wasn't going to be like Notre Dame. That's when you knew this game was over. Uh, it was much like the the Washington game with with the 89 yard run by Salvan Ahmed, mind you. SC fought back in that game, mind you. They didn't get many more points. Uh, they did not fight back in this game, and everything completely goes awry. The second half, as far as I'm concerned, didn't need to exist. The game was over at that point. They could have forfeited. Like uh, it, it would have saved everybody a whole lot of trouble if they had just gone into halftime, said, "Well, that's it, boys." Let's shut up shop. 
Well, and, that's what they effectively do. I mean, that's what. It, but I, but I still had to stand out there for another hour and a half True. watching that game. You got your steps in at least. I did. Yeah. I I it was and so did Oregon's uh, you know offense. They did. They did. But like okay, so we had this conversation on the drive in. Sorry, Sorry Keely. Keely. Um, I don't. I don't want to make excuses for USC's defense, which is not as good as they should be. But there's a big old but there. Uh, what happens in the second half, I don't really hold against USC's defense all that much. Um, again, it goes back to if USC's defense was elite, then this team would be significantly better than it is. They are not elite. We knew this going in. We know this now. This is no question. But USC's defense in that first half, A, in the first quarter, they are outstanding. Yeah. Oregon runs like 11 plays and SC has like five or six Havoc plays in that time. Yeah, completely overriding uh, everything that Oregon's trying to do. Then Isaiah Pulamau, who had been USC's best player up to that point. The only touchdown drive that they allow in the first half is the drive that has the Pulamau penalty. Uh, there's another penalty on that drive. I, I want to say that one of the two Pele penalties was uh, a, roughing the passers. Yeah, uh, it, it was, was a really very penalty. Th- yeah, well, it was a penalty ridden drive. Well, the 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 which you can say is part partially on them and it's partially on on you know the, the I think the Polamalu thing. I, I don't blame him for the egregious hit, but that just kind of happens. Well, I just it, I, I think it was a good call, but like it, it's uh, not one of those moments it's where a, it's a good call for a bad rule. Right. What I'm, way what I'm saying it. a good call in terms of how the rule is written. Yeah. I'm not saying a good call in t- in terms of what I would eject a player for. Well, I just I just think it's ridiculous that they eject a player on the first targeting offense when oh, most of these targeting hits that we see are bang bang. The defender's trying to hit with the shoulder and they happen to make contact with the with the helmet. The vast majority of, of ejections that we see for targeting are are those kinds of things where it's like, what do you want the defender to do? Just like turtle his helmet into his shoulder pads so that he can lead with his shoulder but get his head out of the way? Like right. you're asking the impossible. That gets an automatic ejection. But the late hit on Keaton Slovis where he gets, you know, uh double whammied by by the dude who eventually gets thrown out in the first place, like that hit isn't an ejection. Now, I don't think either of those hits should be ejected because I think ejections have huge consequences and i th- and i think that we should we shouldn't take it lightly when you eject a player but that's kind of my point is that the the automatic targeting ejection is one of the worst rules in the game right now counterpoint devil's advocate how else are you going to try to get targeting out of the game you're not going to get targeting out of the game well, you, you have to try some well, some, some sort of way. You, I, 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 okay, can we all agree that, like, hitting a quarterback late or hitting a quarterback while he's down on the ground is bad? Yeah. Like, people do that crap. Like, sure. there are a thousand examples in this game alone of extracurriculars that go on. We want right. the extra, extracurriculars out of the game. We don't throw guys out for the first offense. Right. Now, I would say, like, you could have... A targeting tracker like they do yellow cards in in soccer. I'm just saying a concussion can be a career altering C- injury. Can I Malga gets and- flagged for hitting the quarterback below the knee? Yeah, and that is a potentially career altering injury type play, and he's not ejected for it. Right. I, right. I 
There's uh, a lot of career. I mean, okay, if they want to real not this is a big picture discussion that we're having that that is kind of irrelevant. But if they want to really address the concussions and CTE and all that kind of stuff, then they can address the fact that offensive and defensive linemen are the ones who get the. Uh, ton of CTE because they're literally banging heads on every single play. Right. Well, so all, like all the, the, is- the 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 virtue signaling about we're getting targeting out of the game. Like no, you're impacting the game for a stupid reason because this rule this rule is stupid because you want to make it seem like you're doing something to stop this when the fact of the matter is you play a violent game and you and you've had your your head under the sand this whole time about the safety protocols that you have as far as the helmets that you use and all that kind of stuff. So you're just going to turn it into oh we we take this seriously because we eject players like no that's you're not actually helping anybody by doing that but that's besides the point the defense is completely altered when Isaiah Pullum out goes out of that game he was the he was the best player on the field for USC on defense before he gets ejected when he gets ejected the equation changes a, a little while later Greg Johnson gets injured still don't know what it what it is that that uh was going on with him but he comes off the field and doesn't come back in the game. So USC already down Drake Jackson, key player, already with a limited Pali and Ateote, already without Talano Hafanga, loses Isaiah Polamau and Greg Johnson, and they have Chase Williams and CJ Pollard and Max Williams on the field. Like, I know we want to hold the entire team to a high standard. I get that, but the defense... <sighs> I can't raise much ire, certainly not when they did their part in the first half and then in the last 20 seconds of the dang game, or I guess a minute, last two minutes of the of the game, their offense screws them over and their special teams unit screws them over. Yeah, uh, in, this, in the second quarter, the offense and the special teams. Yeah, screws, sorry, in the, over of the, the half, yeah, the last right. two minutes of the half. Uh, which was the game, so I guess it makes sense. Now they should they should go out at halftime and do a better job, but like I understand why they don't do a better job. I don't understand right. why USC special teams unit is bad as it is, and I don't understand why USC's offense can't do a better job. Yeah, I, I think I said it in the Slack channel and you know with our friends uh, Traveler Hates Thursdays that this game was the like the USC version. Of that Bears Cardinals game in 2006, in which Denny Green got up there and, and you know said they are who we thought they were, and we let him off the hook because if you look at this game, I mean, the, the first quarter SC plays aside from leaving some points on the board after not capitalizing on Isaiah Pulamau's interception, that is the 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 perfect quarter SC could have drawn up. They come out and they punch Oregon in the mouth. They go up by double digits. Uh, they they render Oregon's you know running game useless. They have negative eleven yards. Part of that's a sack, obviously, but they they're forcing negative plays. Greg Johnson saves a touchdown on, on a great pass yeah, breakup. Beautiful from him, right? They they intercept Justin Herbert for just the the second time all season, and they made him look. Rattled. Average. They, they rattled him average. hardcore in the in the start of this game. Yeah, and everything looked great. Everything was how you would want it to be for USC. And they proved in that moment that hey, yeah, Oregon is not this, you know, 
We said S- that city on a hill, right? We like said, we they're, said they're, that Oregon's, they're not unbeatable. We said that Oregon's defense was going up against a bunch of of crap offenses, and in the last two weeks, they've been pushed to the edge by Washington and by Washington State. The first two good offenses that they faced. Right. We looked at the last two weeks and said Oregon is very beatable. Oregon is is. Uh, you know, again, just like the the Chicago Bears that year, they were gettable. That was Denny Green's entire point was going into that game. I remember the conversations on sports radio about how the Bears were undefeated, but like it was a September game to be fair, so. right? But they they were like they'd started the season like three and zero or four and zero or whatever it was, and it was all like, wait, are the Bears for real? Are the Bears for real? And no one was ready to say the Bears are real because everyone was looking at him going like. Eh, little shaky they are who we thought they were and we let them off the hook and if you want to crown them then crown their ass but they are who we thought they were <laughs> and he- and this is what oregon is they are oregon is who we thought they were oregon beat usc down 56 to 24 and we come out of this game saying yeah oregon is who we thought they were supremely gettable very gettable. Well, I think that's that's the most frustrating aspect of this game for USC is that you can look back at the quarter first quarter and be like, yeah, SC SC played with them. SC absolutely played with them in the second quarter. All the turnovers and everything, and you know, there were, I saw so much. We're going to talk about game plan a little bit later, but I saw so much about you know the, the offense just being terrible and whatnot. It's like, did did you watch the game? Like they were, this wasn't an offense for USC that was, you know, gashing Oregon in terms of yards per play, but they were moving the ball really effectively. They only punted the ball one time in the first half. In uh, On th- Twitter, I, I said, you know, the most frustrating thing about USC's offense is how good they are, except they're wasteful. And well, that's really what it. Yeah. And, and the first half to me on offense looked like the Colorado game. Uh, they were moving the ball. They couldn't really be stopped unless they stopped themselves. And they kept stopping themselves. They, they, they do oblige in that yeah, regard. They absolutely kept stopping themselves. But okay, and, and that's... And so, you know, you get to the end of the half, and they have 17 points. Should have had 24. Potentially could have had 28. I guess if you can say some of the other interceptions didn't happen, they could have more than that. But I won't. I'll just say that they should have had 24. If you just take away... The, if they score on the drive in which they fumble, then it's 24 points. 24 points is halfway to 48. I'm not saying that they're going to score 48, but they, they were on they're their on way par. to scoring 40 points. Yeah. And you look back at the last two weeks, Washington had allowed, uh, sorry, Washington scored 31. Washington State scored 35 in Eugene. SC is at least on par with what those teams are doing, if not better. Yeah. And so there was no, I have no problem with what the offense was doing Outside of the mistakes, but you can't get rid of the mistakes out of this equation when they're that much of the storyline. That's why USC, you know, ends up throwing this game away because what did the Cardinals do against the Bears in 2006? Committing turnovers. They, they, they fumbled. I think there was a pick six or a couple of fumble recoveries that Liner fumbles the ball away and, you know, yeah, somebody gets, picks it up and it's a Bears bl- touchdown. He gets blindside sacked and uh, it's a, a sack fumble. That they return for a touchdown. I, re- I remember that play. But but that's... Okay, so this gets back to our whole medium versus mediocre thing. Um, the idea of like... Okay, so we acknowledge USC's offense can move the ball. 
But, but, that's, but that's not good enough. But that's not good enough because they make the critical errors. And this was something that I think Gerard Martinez put on Twitter during the game. Something about like um, the turnovers and how people were saying like the turnovers are not about coaching. The turnovers are about individuals. And it's like, yeah, the turnovers are uh, one turnover is is a player's fault. But a trend of turnovers is the coach's fault. And USC right. has had turnover margin be a net negative for them for the last two years. And this year it's been the same where USC hasn't been able to win the turnover margin except for, you know, the the rare moment. And in this game, you see it re- rear its ugly head. You go up against a, an Oregon team that is very good at forcing turnovers and you and you have, you know, what do you get? It's the perfect storm of a USC team that will oblige. Yeah, and uh, he's really obliged, and Oregon took advantage of it. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, come back, talk more about this game, uh, talk about a little game plan stuff, about what you thought about USC's game plan was. Because clearly it worked at some point in the first quarter, uh, but what does that mean going forward? Uh, we'll talk about that and much more in a second. We'll be right back. All right, Alicia, uh, to go back to the turnovers conversation here, Keaton's Lovers has four turnovers in this game. Uh, I, I think he's a little unlucky in the sense that two of those interceptions, I'm not going to fully put on him. Uh, the first one is a tip pass. Uh, it hits Drake London's hands. He could have caught that or he, that, that, that's one of those things that you can't completely control. Sure. Maybe a better pass isn't. It isn't uh, botched by by Drake London, but yeah, th- that's a difficult one. It's a little unlucky for Keen Slovis, if nothing else. The last one is looks like a pass interference, as far as I'm concerned. I'd like to rewatch it and see that. I, I want to know if the ref just didn't see it. So he throws the ball, and I think it's I think it's Tyler Vaughn's on a little post, and Tyler Vaughn's is essentially tripped up. And so he's throwing to Tyler Vaughn's make you know on this post, but Tyler Vaughn's never makes the break because he's 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 tripped and he ends up throwing right to the DB who picks it off. And so I, I'm I feel bad for Keen Slovis there because it's a little unlucky for him. Uh, if nothing else, that that that's incidental contact, but I need to rewatch it. Or at the worst case, it's a PI, right? So both of those are maybe unlucky if anything, right? The fumble. I think is absolutely on Keaton Slovis. Uh, it is a play in which he's trying to score a touchdown. Uh, SC is at a third and goal. Uh, they're, they're, he's moving around the pocket, which he did so well at times in this game, but also, uh, you know, it it did him in. It uh, backfires. It, it, it backfires on that fumble. I mean, the first touchdown pass of the game was a thing of beauty. It was very Sam Darnoldy. Yes and no, though, because I think Sam would have would have. Sam would have made it look more harrowing, whereas I never thought that anything was going to happen poorly in that play. Because when when Keaton bounces around the pocket, it doesn't feel scary to me, because he looks so under control, and I think he can he can lull you to sleep in that way. But the problem is, is that he the, then that when you look at the fumble, you're like, well, maybe he, he should have been a little bit more panicked. Yeah, he should he should have a, a greater sense of urgency to right. just get the ball away. But you know, we we talk about that play, and he's got Amon Ross St. Brown in the flat, wide open. Uh, I I would love to know his thoughts on that play because I think 
He looks at Amon Ross St. Brown and is like, I can make that pass, but there's a DB in the end zone. I think he crashes, meets Amon Ross at, at the goal line, and he maybe doesn't score. And so I think Keaton is looking at it as, I need to score a touchdown. I don't need to pick up four yards. And so that's why he holds it a little bit longer. He looks downfield and, you know, upfield, whatever, right there in the end zone. And he ends up getting getting sacked uh, and, and fumbles. And USC misses a vital opportunity in which they could have gone up double digits. Oregon comes down and scores. A minute later, there's the pick six. And all of a sudden, the situation in which SC could have been up in this game 17-7, to they trail 21-10 to in like two minutes. It is a, a sequence that completely turns this game on its head and sets up the stage for USC absolutely, you know, shooting themselves in the foot moments later with the kickoff return. And so I, I want to get into the idea of, I mean, we were talking about, you know, SC letting them off the hook a lot like the the Cardinals-Bears game of, of 2006. But when you talk about game plan and how good USC was in this first quarter, I think it's a situation in which I think I give USC a lot of credit. I think I, I think I give Clancy Pendergast a lot of credit for what this defensive game plan was uh, in a lot of ways at the way they were able to come out and set the tone. And, you know, USC, without all their running backs, had to go true air raid in this game. Keaton Slovis throws a school record 57 pass attempts. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I know it, it got a lot of scorn. Uh, online, people wanted SC to run the football more. I don't hate it for for multiple reasons. Like, a, you're you're down your top three running backs. B, like Washington State scored thirty five points in Eugene last week, moving the ball up and down the field, throwing for four hundred and six yards. That to me was a sign that Oregon could be done in that way. Absolutely. I mean, Washington State should have won the game last week. So I don't think it's crazy to, to, to look at the film, look at what Washington State did, and then if you're USC, say, okay, how do we do that with our receivers? Let's go and run the same thing and see what we can do. And that's what SC tried to do in this game. They had a lot of success in terms of moving the football. They just couldn't get it into the end zone because of those critical mistakes. My problem with that is that that's trying to mirror what somebody else does very well and what somebody else drills day in, day out, day in, day out. And for years and years and years to have everybody know exactly what they're doing with that kind of air raid attack. USC doesn't run that air raid attack. USC runs the, you know, Graham Harrell air raid and the Graham Harrell air raid. The whole kind of idea behind it is that they still incorporate the running game that the running game is still a big part of the balancing act that USC does. So, like, I get the idea of, well, Washington State did that, so why don't we do that? Except that that's kind of what got USC into trouble with the gumbo offense under T. Martin in the first place. Um, in, in what sense? In in the sense that, like, well, that worked for somebody else, so let's do it too. Like, just because it but, worked for but, somebody else doesn't mean that you like, can do it as well as them. And USC's problem has always been about execution. So I think the the crapshoot that USC is in is that their offensive line is their offensive line and you can't just sort of transport your offensive line for somebody else's. But I think there's an argument to be made that like if you're willing to put the game in the hands of your true freshman quarterback, Keaton Slovis, then why not be willing to put the game 
to to run the offense that you've been practicing all offseason, all year, run the offense that you've been doing this whole time and put it in the hands of a true freshman running back. Like, I feel like there's less risk in that than than putting it in the hands of the true freshman quarterback. And we saw what happened there. Keaton Slovis is great. He's great until he throws three interceptions and has a fumble. And ultimately, I mean, this is the this is the difficulty here because we watch this game and I think we see the trends of the last, you know, however many years. So this isn't a one off game where it's like, oh, you know, just didn't go your way and it just happens like, no, this you don't get to to like I was saying with turnovers, like one turnover is on a player a string of turnovers, a trend of turnovers is on the coaching. Well, the the little mistakes, the little balls that didn't bounce USC's way, that's that's one thing. But you look at the grander scheme of things and we can tie all this back to coaching. But if we want to go like micro analysis here, it's really simple why USC loses this game. It's very simple. The quarterback commits four turnovers. You will not win a game in which your quarterback commits four turnovers. Certainly not one when you're playing a top 10 team. So, like, unless you're in Hawaii, well, Arizona. yeah, but the point is, you put the game in the hands of your true freshman quarterback, and you lived and died by the true freshmanness. And we went over his interceptions. It's not, it's not him making bad decisions. Uh, I mean, the the pick six was the pick six is a bad decision. To, to his credit, I think it's very quarterbacky that uh, Keaton Slovis threw a Oregon touchdown pass to a guy named Brady Breeze. Well, it sounds like a weatherman, um, or it sounds like a quarterback yeah a couple of quarterbacks (laughs) uh but but the point is is that like you live and die by those individual moments right whether or not Keaton Slovis is unlucky or he's making mistakes or whatever it is you lived and died by them so you know I feel like either way USC was going to live and die by the big mistakes and I think that if USC had gone with a more balanced offense like the ones that they've been practicing all year where they put some faith in in Keenan Kristen, maybe things don't turn out any better because the fact of the matter is that we've talked for a long time, USC's offensive line is not to be trusted, and one way or the other, they were bound to screw this up. But I would argue that the idea that that's the only thing USC could have done is go full air raid, I don't think that's the case. I think USC could have just stuck to their guns if they really wanted to, and they clearly didn't. See, what I would have liked is to see more Amon Ra in the backfield. We saw that a lot in the first quarter. We didn't see that much after that. Uh, Stick to that, because I think that stuff kind of works in the sense of you're giving Oregon something different to defend, uh, and I think that's a good thing. Now, in terms of the whole, like, well, who do you want the the game to come down to? Your your true freshman quarterback Keaton Slovis or your true freshman running back Keenan Kristen? I I think you're missing a key part well, of the but, equation here. But I'm not saying it's an either or. I'm no, saying no, that I, if I, if I, you I, rely on your run game the way that you have in the past, right, then you take I'm, I'm the pressure saying, off of Keaton. No, I get that. I'm saying that 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 the way it was set up, it seems as if it was an either or. Uh, and if it's an either or, I don't think that that's necessarily accurate, anyways, because it's not. Keaton Slovis in a vacuum. Putting your trust and your faith in Keaton Slovis is you, putting your trust in your receivers. Your, this is the well, best receiving core in the in And they the, dropped the open conference. passes. Absolutely. Because this is what they, no, they I, did this against Colorado on, too. I, what I'm saying is I completely understand putting all of your chips in the receiving core because of how good they are. Yeah, but you make I it you make it harder on your quarterback and your receivers. 
when you go one dimensional. Which is why I would have liked to see more Amon around the backfield. Right, but the, but again, that then that that's that's a mistake of game plan. Sure, but they did that in the first quarter. Why didn't you see that more after the first quarter? I, who knows? That's what I'm saying. Maybe because they were playing from behind. I don't. I, whatever it is. You know, they lived and died by that by it. My bigger problem is like we can talk scheme all we want, but when it comes down to it, the execution of this team is poor. Um, this is what I was getting at last week when I talked about mediocrity. Like that's what this is what I mean. There the, the, you know, we can have the debate again, but when it comes down to it, they're just not good enough. You know, to Graham Harrell's credit here, he's always said since he got here that this is an execution offense. Like, is it not? Like Everything that every gripe about this offense for me on on the grand scale of things all comes down to execution. If this team executes, they're putting up a lot of points tonight. They're putting up a lot of points against Colorado. Well, and, they're and, getting, putting up a lot of points against Arizona. It's not the offense that's the problem. It's the mistakes that the offense is making yes, that, that does them in, which, which, which is, is, it, which is which troubling, is too, because we, we want to sit here and say that SC's players are so good and that they're poorly coached. I think on a team scale, that's absolutely true. In a microcosm of what makes the offense go awry, I don't necessarily think it's true. I mean, the... the the coaches aren't having Tyler Vaughn's drop a first down. Yeah. The the the, the coaches aren't having Keaton Slovis make that that right. Poor but mistake. The, but it goes back to the turnovers thing. One mistake is on the player. The right. players. This is the thing that that I think people and and I myself have a hard time balancing. There's the balancing act between the players have personal responsibility too. Like when a player makes a mistake, it's on them. Right. But again, that that's an individual. Mistake. It's on Tyler Vaughn's when he drops that pass. But when you have Tyler Vaughn's dropping random passes every couple of games and you have other players dropping random passes every couple of games, you have your offensive line missing random uh, blocks every couple of games and you have your you know quarterback throwing random interceptions every couple of games and you have your defenders missing random tackles every couple of games, like you are building a trend of mistakes. And that's USC's right. problem. This year, last year, the year before that, is they are a mistake-prone football team. And they get away with it a lot of the time. And that was the thing in 2017. USC got a lot of, away with a lot of mistakes because they had, uh, what do they call Sam Darnold, an eraser? So, like, Sam Darnold and the likes of Rojo and... But everyone ignores that a lot of the holes that Hesse was well, in was Sam well, Sam Darnold was digging them holes. holes but, yeah. but that's my point, is that they had... They had playmakers who made up for Achetta Nwosu, playmaker. But SC, Rasheem Green, playmaker. He has those playmakers now, but it's kind of the same situation. Like, it's, Tyler Rollins is amazing in, until he drops the, the, the yeah. open pass. Michael Pittman well, was amazing, is amazing until he drops until, the open pass. Until he too. drops like, an open pass, or he commits right. OPI, or whatever it is. But, but Keaton he, is amazing until he throws the random yes, pick six. Right. But. The, the, those players' goodness, the the reason that the or the the things that we see that that is good is why you want to put faith in them, which I totally understand. You're playing, yeah. playing the percentages. If you're gonna throw the ball to Tyler Vaughn's a hundred times, he's gonna have three drops that that frustrate you, and he's gonna make sixty amazing catches. So you're playing the percentages in that way. So I get it, but I'm just saying. It, but the offense, the offense, and the team in general is mistake prone. Yeah, and, and I think that that's frustrating, and that's why in, they're five and four. Yes, uh, I just think it's frustrating when you look at this offense because, on the grand scheme of things, I don't have anything, any major issues with the scheme. Well, people, I, I like people the scheme wanna, a lot. People want to make it about the scheme when it's actually just about the coaching and other facets, right? 
It's about the day-to-day coaching. It's about the development. So, it's so, about the execution and So discipline. would you say that it's position coaches instead of the offensive coordinator? Well, the coordinator set a tone, though, and the True. head coach sets a tone. So, like, the buck has to stop somewhere. But, sure. yeah, position coaches have to have to carry their the extent of the weight. Uh, to a point, but but this but it's the, all a systemic. But failure. this, but the, that's the thing is, it all comes back to a system. Like we could put, let's sit here and talk about you know each individual. Like Kerry Colbert's doing a bad job because Tyler Vaughn's dropped that one pass. Well, no, like USC's staff as a whole is not preparing this team right. to play a mistake-free game. And you don't even have to be one hundred percent. This is this is what I said in my rewatch last week. I counted fifteen backbreaking potentially mistakes on offense. Not all of them were actually backbreaking, but they were the kind of mistake that we often see the ones that kill destroy a drive. A drive. Yeah. yeah. So I, I counted fifteen from the offense uh, against Colorado and they obviously made up for it and they and they won the game. But like if you just cut that down to seven, you win a lot of games. And maybe if you're playing a top ten Oregon team, you can't afford seven. Maybe you gotta get down under five. But like USC is incapable of having it be under fifteen. There are all I'm I'll, I'll do it again this week when I do my rewatch. I guarantee you I will have at least a dozen, at least a dozen drive killing back breaking mistakes. I mean there're four turnovers. Those are four, automatically four in turnovers, there. Four turnovers. Uh the, bombs the drops. drop uh uh, there was a holding penalty. I can remember, like all these things yeah. that that are are drive enders, uh, or it could be potential drive enders that SC's got to clean up. And, and I think that's the that's the frustrating part of USC being medium is that again, and I, I keep making this point every single week. It's like you can see the pass from Slovis to Pittman in which he fights his way to the end zone, and you're like. Wow, that's a great play. You can see the play where Slovis is buying time and buying time in the pocket and dancing around, and then he throws to to Drake London for a touchdown. And you're like, man, this team's got players. They they've got ability, and then it's also the same team where Slovis throws to Drake London. It goes off his hand. It gets picked. Yeah, but I mean that's <laughs> that's why this team is underperforming. Absolutely, because yeah. they can. And and the most frustrating thing. Because I guess we should, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know how close we are to ending this, but I guess we should finish it with the discussion of the head coach. We well, we uh, go into the go into the press conference, and he says, the, he said some interesting things, but he also said the typical lines of credit Oregon. We made too many mistakes, and then the one that pisses me off the most at this stage is, you know, it's my job to go in there and correct it. It's like, well, okay, but you can't say that a dozen times. Okay. And Hold on. come back what, each week. What and is he supposed to say? He, well, there's nothing he can say. But the yeah. point is, is that he, if his job is to go and correct it, and we were having the same conversations about the mistakes that USC has and continues to have, then obviously things aren't being corrected. And we already yeah. know, we don't need to have a debate or anything like that. We already know. It, I, we're done. But but it's yeah, done. But, but but what he, he can't get up there and say nothing. Like it just like there, he could no- he could get up there and say we're not good enough. Sure. Like he could get up there and turn it around and and be. He's endlessly positive. I, he could just get up there and be Alicia, negative. The, change change your why pace. Why are we still talking about pressers well, here? We shouldn't be because it doesn't matter. The it, only thing my, that we should my, know my about the presser take, my is biggest takeaway from that presser is that he sounded like a. A, a guy who knows that he, he's, it's, it's over. The problem is he sounded defeated before. Um, not in post-game pressers, I've, but in I other pressers. I don't think I've heard him sound this defeated. 
Well, he was being asked questions point blank about whether or not he should have a job. So, like, that's not normal. That's not usual. But, I mean, it's not a matter of 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 if anymore. It's about when. And and the fact that Utah beat Washington, I think it's pretty clear that, that Utah is going to uh, win out or UCLA is going to do something stupid here and, and, you know, change the game. But either way, USC no longer, quote unquote, controls their own destiny. And I think Clay Helton has got to know that, you know, his the, 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 the clock is ticking and, and he's basically missed a huge opportunity here. But we already knew that like we already knew that USC just needs to move on. We the 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 merciful thing about this Oregon game. The reason why I'm not too I'm not too broken up about it, the reason I'm not uh you know screaming fiery mad or anything like that is because this was a mercy. If USC had lost a game where they were actually competitive and kept it close and felt like they were just, you know, one mistake away from winning, it's a different equation than you got blown out by a Pac-12 rival at home. At There's home. clarity. I said I said in the preview that oh, SC's not gonna get blown out at home. Yeah, yeah, I'm an idiot. Because that's normally what that's normal. That's that's the 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 status quo for USC is they don't tend to get blown out at home uh, under Clay Helton at least. And so this result, as much as I I am loath to say, you know that it's a good thing that USC loses by getting their butt kicked. Um, or I, I mean, uh, by getting their butt kicked in terms of scoreboard, right? Um, it's a mercy because it it gives you clarity. It gives you clarity that that this USC was outmatched by a team full. Were of, they outmatched? I think I think to, outmatched on the scoreboard. Outmatched on the score, but but that goes back to the frustrating part in which I think they proved that they weren't at, at Yeah, but, they could run with this team. Okay, so but here's the thing: is USC went up against a team that is directly competing with it more so than Washington or Stanford or anybody in like recruiting, that yeah. in recruiting. And you see where the the gap is between the two teams. And and I agree with you. I don't think Oregon played USC off the park necessarily. But Oregon made USC pay for every mistake by yeah. being ruthless. Which is what good teams do. In a way that USC is not capable of doing. Yes. And that showed the gulf between the two teams. There might not be a talent gulf. There might not be a huge um, uh, gap between them in, in, in the sense of like, could USC beat Oregon? In yeah, USC. And whatnot, yeah. yeah. But there's a gulf in in the thing that matters, which is the sort of over, I don't want to say coaching because I'm skeptical of Mario Cristobal too, but like coaching. <laughs> Right. Yeah, SC was surely lacking in that department uh, in several areas of this game, along with the mistake department uh, in which SC made a gazillion mistakes and paid for it. Uh, Alicia, I, I know we talked about in the preview that there was no possible way that there was going to be a blowout here, uh, and yet it happened. Uh, did you ever think you'd be going to a game at the Coliseum in which SC would lose by 32 points? Well, I've been to another you, you game. Were, you were at the Stanford I was at 09, yeah. yeah. That, that was the, the most recent uh, big lopsided loss, was the 34-point loss in that game. And I didn't see that one coming. This was 32. Yeah. Before that, you'd have to go all the way back to 1966, when SC lost by 51 points to Notre Dame at home. Uh, but 
this was the most lopsided home defeat I've ever seen USC have in pers- person. And I've been to like 150 games at the Coliseum. So that was crazy to me. Yeah. Well, but I mean, it, it, I, the problem is that, the, it, and it's weird because it wasn't the most lopsided performance that I've seen. That's what, yeah. It's just sure. things unravel. But then again, you could say the same thing about that Stanford game. I mean, yeah. SC goes into that, into that fourth quarter and it's an absolutely a game. Yeah. And then it just... It yeah. just unravels, but unravels. that's the way. That's the way that like games have a. That's how they play out. That's that's how they play out, right? And that's the the um, frustrating part is that luck will play a role in that, and the roll of the dice, and just sort of like the moment, the way the momentum carries. Like if Oregon doesn't return that kick, if Alex Stadhouse kicks it through the uprights, you know. Then how different is the game? Like it's hard to say. If nuts and if it if what? it's and if it's ifs and buts it, were candy and nuts. If it's and buts were candy and nuts, we'd all have a merry Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Bottom line is, uh, either way. they are who we thought they were, and we'll let they, them off the hook. They let them off the hook. Yeah, yeah. Which is you know that's that's like I said. It sucks because USC has pride, and you don't want to see USC get their get get blown out fifty six to twenty four. But it's, resolution, it, yeah. clarity. By, by the way, resolution. Do, do, do you feel better about, about about you know? I I kept saying I don't know why people are so to to the point of like getting bent out of shape about everything when like if if people think that that SC I needs stand- to move on from Clay Helton like. That's going to happen anyways. Like, no, I don't think it's automatically going to happen anyways. Oh, it's anyways. happening now. Absolutely. There's a scenario where USC still wins the Pac-12. You were, you know, in the car on the way here. Sorry, Keely. You were talking about, you know, an Oregon rematch in the Pac-12 title game. Like, oh. and what this matchup means for it. So, like, it's still entirely possible that USC wins the Pac-12. If USC wins the Pac-12, I stand by my thing. It's hard to fire your head coach if he wins the Pac-12. It's hard to fire your head coach, but he... he it's it's happening. Come on. I mean, it it should, but that's because we I don't think agree. it's going to get to that we point. We all agree. It's happening. We all agreed going into this game there was a good chance that USC could beat Oregon, and then on the chance that USC beat Oregon, then we were having a very different discussion about Clay Helton's job security right now. Uh, they did. They did not. They lost by thirty-two points. They they did. Yeah, they got the blown doors absolutely blown off and, with a and massive C4 That charge. 32 points, they were lucky that it wasn't the largest margin since they held, that Notre Hey, they held C.J. Verdell to like 14 yards. Hey, they got to Kyle Ford, his first career touchdown. Congratulations. Man, man imagine if you were told before this game, Slovis is going to throw a touchdown pass to Kyle Ford with two minutes left. Would I would been. think it was playing out rather differently. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Not going to lie. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. Yep. You think people are going to be happy about this car cast? I think uh, people people were tweeting us to say that they were at least excited for uh, a rant from me. I don't think I delivered on a rant. Uh, you were you were ranting. I gave about the, a little bit of stuff. Yeah. Well, and I guess special teams. I ranted a little bit, but yeah. The fact of the matter is, uh, I came into this trying to be a little bit more zen, and part of my zen was originally about trusting in Keaton Slovis. That obviously got. Uh, I mean, Graham did too. Bit me in the butt, but bit me in the butt, but. Um, 
the zen that I now feel is the resolution of the way if USC is going to lose I'd rather they lose with clarity and I think that this was a loss with clarity and I think it put us one step closer to not having to have these same conversations anymore and I'm looking forward to that day when we can stop having these conversations yeah until uh, SC just promotes uh, John Baxter to the head coach cannot wait oh yeah (laughs) oh yeah so the question is how much hate mail am I going to get in, in this episode? Uh, were you? You were. I mean. I mean, I. We, yeah, you. You're defending Graham Harrell's. Uh, uh, True. Like scheme I, and, and game plan. More people are, are going to be chime in about how I'm a terrible human being. Yeah, I'm ready for it. Well, you are a ter- terrible human being. No, so. I know your thoughts on me. I'm just yeah. talking about other people's thoughts on me. Yeah. You haven't seen Kill Bill. That's a fireable offense. I tell you, Quentin Tarantino kind of sucks. He's he's one Narbonne alum that I I. I oh, you want to bring I, up Narbonne today, okay, do you, okay. Michael? All right, all right, okay. We'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs> see ya. Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly. An AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.